Welcome back, everyone. It's a new year and a new start. You're listening to Asianish, a radio show and podcast about all things Asianish. Here you'll find that very few topics are off limits, since my guests and I will be talking about identity, politics, society, culture, lifestyle, feminism, and sexuality. If you're into those sorts of topics and you're not easily scared off, from digging into the deep and personal conversations, come join us in the realm of Asianish. I'm Vinny Sandhu, your local British Indian Sikh girl, and more importantly, I'm Asianish. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Asianish and downloading this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on the available streaming platforms Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. The previous episodes can be found after airing live on Mondays. You don't have to listen in any particular order. Just head over to check out some uncensored thoughts and opinions on virtually every topic under the sun. In short, Asianish is a show that goes into discussing the topics you will never hear your aunties or uncles dare to speak about. This is Generation Z. There is no more time to be quiet. You'll find that none of my guests or I have any shadow, nor do we have very sanskari thoughts and opinions, so we're here to make them public. This show is for all of my fellow members of the Asianish crowd and beyond. If you want to join in on our conversations, use the hashtag Asianish, without the brackets, to share your thoughts as well. I did watch Knives Out last night and that was beautiful. It was so good, right? I was, did not expect yeah. Chris Evans to be it. And then I was I like, know, and he was so hot the entire time. Exactly. You know when he was wearing that white knit? Yeah, every, that was this one everyone was like obsessed about. Wait, before we start, what's this Chris Jamal Evans? What have I missed? I don't understand that meme. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Jamal Evans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I want to say I want to say I know the meme. But I think is that him? him? Is that him with the nails? I think he did a thing where it was like this, and everyone kept just putting like the acrylic nails and like sat away and be like period poo. That's that's on that. Okay, let me let me look at it because I I just everyone kept on going on about it on TikTok and I was like, have I missed something in pop culture? I mean, the thing, the thing that oh. I keep missing is the thing in pop culture right now. This is the last thing I'll say: is Kanye West and Jeffrey Star sleeping together? Oh my god, <laughs> they didn't sleep together. No, they didn't. But the rumor and the memes are like, I know. It's like my brain can't comprehend. I'm just like you're just like oh. <laughs> and it annoys me how prepared everyone was for this situation already. Oh my! I couldn't. I as soon as I heard it, I was like, "That's bullshit." Even I know. Yeah, I know. Every star would have said something about it, you know. He and would have. The fact that he was on that video, like, no, <laughs> no, stop thinking those things before. Oh my god. Okay, calm down. Let's stop. Enough of Chris Jamal Evans and. <laughs> I'm not going to take him seriously now, is that Okay. Oh, deep breaths. All right, let's get started with the episode. Today, we're looking at dating, sexting, and hitting the apps. This episode focuses on how we have navigated the world of dating as women of color, and we'll be telling you some of our best and more interesting stories of dating, sexting, and what we've encountered on these apps. 
Now I have a very special guest, Miss Gemma Lovett. Would you like to introduce yourself today? Hello, I am Gemma Lovett. I am a British American, but it's probably hard to tell about the British part with my American accent, but I am. Um, I am biracial too, with my father being Black American or African American, but I'm not a huge fan of that term, and my mother being um, a white British woman. So yeah, and I grew up in the military, so I lived around in a lot of places, Japan, Germany, the States, to name a few. So I would say I'm kind of not really based anywhere. I've lived in a lot of places that have made my identity and culture kind of mixed together. But now I'm based in London and I'm studying my master's in gender, peace and security, which that interest stemmed from my father being in the military. So yeah, I'm particularly interested in um, the roles that women play in um, conflict, security, and peace building. That's my interest, especially looking at women within military cultures, particularly in the US military. But outside of my studies, I'm a huge film buff. I absolutely love movies, so I'm always happy to be talking about that. I love some favorite Oh, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I don't know, my favorite children's movie, which I would also probably say is still in my top five, is Howl's Moving Castle. Like that, since we're talking about dating, Hal from Howl's Moving Castle was my <laughs> sexual awakening. I have no shame in that because Hayao Miyazaki knew what he was doing when one, he created the character <laughs> designs and two, Disney knew what they were doing when they made Christian Bale the voice of Hal. So it was a bit of a one-two punch. So that that's my favorite children's film. And I'd say my favorite film now, like as an adult, um, I really do love Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. That is, I think that is one of, that is my favorite film. But um, my favorite film recently that I talk about nonstop and will consistently mention is The Lighthouse. Like that, that's in my top three. That's is it, a, isn't there a particular film. scene that you liked in that film or something? Because I heard rumors about that film. Especially with- Are you talking about the Robert Pattinson ma masturbation scene? No, that was not my favorite part of the film. Okay. Um, <laughs> I no, I just- <laughs> No, 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 that's not it. Um, what is my favorite? I think the ending's my favorite part, like just how crazy it is and all of Willem Dafoe's like monologues are really great. So if anything, I love that movie for Willem Dafoe, not for Robert Badson, although I do really love him in that movie. So, you know, I, I wasn't know. a Twilight kid, but now, now I, I value. Too, yeah. I wasn't a Twilight kid. <laughs> I didn't, I don't know what my sexual awakening was. I have never thought about it. Maybe it yeah. was, I think it was probably, it was probably like on a Disney or Nickelodeon show. No, it was. I think Avenjogia from Victorious was my sexual awakening. Like, I just saw him and I was like, yeah. oh my God, like. In was that, um, was that Jade's boyfriend? No, that yes. was Beck. Okay. Yeah, okay, so Beck. Yeah, Beck on Victorious. And I just, was because I saw myself in Jade, right? I was, I was My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco. I was, I was misunderstood on the inside and I was angry. And, you know, I, I would need an indie boy like Beck to understand yeah. me. And, so, and then I was just I like, mean, I don't know. It was just like, wow. And also he was asian so that i was just like yeah this is this is like making me feel tingly i like him Ooh. he was a really great character i think it was interesting to see like 
uh, Indian character portrayed like in such a fashion and have yeah. to be like, one of the main cast and not as a stereotype or anything, especially for Nickelodeon was huge. I mean, that, I have issues with Dan that, Schneider, but that was an okay thing that he did. It was that, but yeah. it was also the hair. The hair just, mm. whenever he yeah. would put his hand through it, I would just, I, 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 that was the sexual awakening. And then I do know quite a few people who have said it's from Howl's Moving Castle where that just happened. And it's quite alarming how many people there are. They, they did a really good job with the character design. Like it's it's become a really bad thing now because like that was a starting point for me. Like I think it was a weird Howl's Moving Castle. I can't say Jack Skellington was a sexual awakening either because he was a skeleton, but he had charisma. <laughs> <laughs> that, maybe that was a part of it. But with Howl's Moving Castle, it's severely like damaged me as a person with choosing people I want to date. Oh my because, God. <laughs> I, because he's like so, like, he's kind of effeminate. He's like quite extravagant and flamboyant and like like without being like just the way he dresses and stuff and the way he acts in his manners so I am now attracted to that type of person and most of the time the men that I am attracted to happen to be gay because of that I'm like (laughs) yes I like a man who wears earrings and crop tops and like you know isn't afraid to wear bell bottoms and they're like oh I think this is more about masculinity though I mean that too like I love I love men who are willing to bend to masculinity like it's it's one it's something I really appreciate is a guy who's like not really afraid to just I just break some berries like I can paint my nails with you know because that's my favorite I think that's but then they freak out and I I I don't like how they do that but yeah I like a guy who's willing to wash his face which is really hard to find (laughs) I I think you have to say that because that's yeah I I lose five years of my life whenever a guy is like you don't need to wash your face with anything except for water and I'm like we're not French, okay? We do, yeah. I'm like, you really, really do. Okay. And I only say that because from Mad Men, an episode, she was talking about how a French mother would only splash her face with water. And I'm like, you both look like models. Shut up, you don't do that. Yeah, not in real life. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't believe that. Okay, so we're going to kick things off with the first question. And oh, cool. what's your weirdest date or dating experience? Um, I'm trying to think. I've had em- embarrassing ones, that's for sure, on my Ooh, part. Okay. <laughs> but I've had weird ones. I think I'm going to start with ones where I've been weird to people. I think on one day, okay. I, was, I was so nervous. And like, to be fair, I was like at a time I probably shouldn't have been dating because like I was just, I was kind of just out of it personality wise and mentally so like I was a bit um I was a bit more anxious and like manic when talking and I spent most of the date talking about Alvin and the Chipmunks and ranking the Arab Alvin and the Chipmunks and the guy was like I didn't even think there was that much Alvin and the Chipmunk material I was like oh but there is there's so much Alvin and the Chipmunk material and I kind of just went off about that for like a good 15 minutes while he just like sat there looking at me and he's like 
Good to know. I got a second date. That's what matters. He wasn't terrified. How? <laughs> I don't know how, but it's become a meme now because um, he's good. He's like best friends with my flatmate. So he came over and he was like, remember when he talked about Abba the Chipmunks? And I was like, I yeah, yeah. just died on the spot. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have much self-awareness. And then the second most embarrassing experience on my part was it was the first I had graduated high school it was the first time I was still living with my parents it was the first time I was actually dating someone because I wasn't allowed to date in high school and um, we went to the movies together and then afterwards we went to a McDonald's that was right next to the movie theater and I had parked in the movie theater and then walked to McDonald's but we had stayed at McDonald's so long that they had locked the movie theater parking lot. So my car was locked inside <laughs> and I couldn't drive him back home. And okay. he was like, oh, it's cool. I'll call a taxi. But while he said he was going to call a taxi, I immediately called my mom. It was like, mom, can you like pick me up and like drop off my date? So it was a really awkward car ride back with my mom. Me in the back seat. She didn't even put me in the front seat. She put me in the back seat. And then the guy I was seeing. <laughs> and he was um, in the front. But yeah. that that didn't end in that ended that didn't end badly because we did have a few more dates after that. So that wasn't the end of it, thankfully. But that I was think really you also just you also just like really funny. I think my weird <laughs> ones are like properly weird. Okay. So it is yeah. stuff weird but it became weird really fast if you know what I mean mm. so yeah they, this guy was talking about how great their family was and you know whenever people say that, how close they are to the family you're just like okay cool that's it's a good thing that you're close yeah. to your family. never a bad thing I mean unless you're too close and so it starts getting weird in the way he fixates on his mother oh no and I'm just like okay I don't know if you've watched friends but like if you have do you remember there's this episode where Rachel dates this guy and he's like pseudo-sexually into his sister or something. I vaguely remember that episode. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched Friends, but I do remember that. Okay, so he starts talking about how he wants a woman like his mother. Ooh, which always I, a bad sign. Okay, I can understand it from a psychological perspective of, of the internal working model, you know, that theory that <laughs> they propose in like relationship psychology. But this guy wanted a carbon copy of his mother. And so then it was, yeah. I, I got really freaked out because then he said he wanted a woman to look like her as well. <laughs> and I was like, psycho. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm in Hamlet right now. This is, this is not where I want to be. Now that we've got our weirdest and your hilariously embarrassing ones out yeah. here. Has there ever been a moment when you've been dating that you've been asked, where are you from from? Or any other forms of microaggression? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's hard to explain because it kind of just happens immediately on dating apps because I don't really come outright with where I'm from. So I always get people to be like, oh, like, where are you from? Or one thing I always hate is when people just immediately try and guess where I'm from. They do like a little guessing game. And I'm like, this this isn't a game that I really want to play. This Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, let me guess where you're from. Are you from like, are you Brazil? And are you from Brazil? Are you Brazilian and Japanese? Are you, which is a weird one. <laughs> do, like, do they win anything? If no, they, they don't. Like, okay. It's, 
this is such a like it's not even like I'm it's not like I'm like oh my gosh guess where I'm from it's very much them coming into like my DMs or something and being like oh you like you look so not even exotic it's like you look so unique where are you from that sort of thing or are you this or let me guess and yeah it's just it's a very weird thing because you wouldn't do that with like I guess anyone who wasn't mixed race you wouldn't be like you wouldn't go up to a white person and be like, ooh, let me guess. Are you like Swiss and Scandinavian background? Because it's it's a weird thing to do. And it's and I think it is annoying yeah, being is. like noticeably biracial for people to think, oh, it must be like you must enjoy people playing guessing games on where you're from and stuff. So I thankfully I don't think I've ever gotten the where are you from from because I I look so ambiguous. That oh, okay. Like I, I guess in some sense I'm white passing, but look ethnically ambiguous enough to like not have someone to immediately assume I'm from a different location because they can't pinpoint that location. Yeah. So it's it's like I said, instead it's just like, oh, this person's clearly mixed. Let me instead just try and guess her background or like what her parents are, which like I said, is really creepy. I'm not sure whether it's a microaggression or not, but it's also when they start delving more into brown culture as a whole. Yeah. So, I get the, that. like, there is no distinction in the diaspora for them. They'll ask me about Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and one even asked me for tips about traveling in Bangladesh. And, <laughs> and just for context, That's so cringe. Looks so bad. Yeah. Just for context, I was talking about a friend's piece, an, an article on garment workers. Because obviously I would talk about journalism. That's the field I'm in. Yeah. And I was talking about other friends' work that I found really interesting. So we could have something to talk about. And then they just started asking me about these traveling tips. And I just was like, what? I, I, I've never been. But you're just on this assumption that I have. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's aggression, I think. Or maybe it's just aggression, aggression. I don't, like, I also don't know really how well it is in microaggression, but it's something that really frustrates me is when people find out I am Black American, they immediately want to talk to me about race politics in America. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that right now. It's not woke fishing. It's woke fishing right now. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like, I totally see your struggle and stuff. And I'm like, well, to be honest, like, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because like, I don't really want to talk to you about race politics right now. And some days I can't even wrap my head around it. So don't come to me trying to act like, you know, what's going on sometimes when you don't. And I think this is especially true for um, people who are white, who are messaging me. And it's kind of like, I'm like, I don't know what you want me to, do you want me to give you a round of applause? Do you want me to be like, oh my gosh, like, yes, have sex with me. You're so woke. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I, we just look at their behavior and our answers are yeah. usually, we don't know what's going on in their head. But um, when you figure it out, do tell us, please. Yeah. I think the experiences that you are describing is just woke fishing and validation. You are not there to validate their political views. It's like, okay, cool. That's what you think. But it's not my place to do that. Okay. So whenever you have hit the dating apps are you looking for something in particular or have you found that your preferences do not rule your thumb I don't know it's such a hard thing I've been thinking about this question where um 
I I don't really think I have preferences to be honest. I have like preferences and personality. I think that's the main thing I go for. I'm not I'm never one on apps to go based just on looks. It's very much what the bio says. Like if a guy doesn't have a bio at all, I I always swipe left because I'm like, well, I'd like to get to know you as a person first. And um yeah, so it's really just interest and likes um just if they like twin peaks that's that's a win for me but (laughs) um i must agree with the bio thing i just i think it comes across as very lazy like obviously you're trying too hard with your dating profile if you have one but it's just i like it comes across as oh you're only there for like your looks like you know you can get by with that or you're just there for a hookup. You don't need to know much about the person. You just hope they'll swipe and that's it. But I think, unfortunately, which is something I feel quite guilty about in some ways, is that because of my personal interest in stuff with like movies or TV shows or just hobbies, the people that I end up most likely swiping right on are white men. So it's like a lot of like, hmm, why, why is it always just this type of pe- person? Do you think it's like an like, algorithm thing? I maybe it might be it's I always thought it was like a personal thing where it like I guess in some sense maybe I prefer dating white men because of being like as a kid being mixed and stuff being constantly mm. told I didn't I didn't act black or seem black and like not really fitting in when I did hang out with um like black girls at my school, they always immediately, I mean, they didn't immediately, but there was a kind of feeling that, oh, you seem a bit out of place here. Maybe you would be a bit more comfortable hanging out with like the girls who are white or something or the people who are white. So especially like going through something like um, emo phase, uh, God forbid. Oh or just- God, the emo phase is the best phase. And if you didn't go <laughs> through an emo phase, then what are you doing? You need to go through one right now. <laughs> no, but it seems like I went through a lot of experiences growing up that instead that related more to being white than it did to being black. So yeah. I think, which probably has shaped my taste in like music, my taste in like just my taste personally. I think ends up becoming more culturally white, culturally white rather than culturally black, which I think once again comes into my dating profile because in, in some sense it's who am I probably going to fit most and who am I going to feel most comfortable with? Cause I always, um, my worry is constantly is feeling uncomfortable around someone that you're dating and you don't really want to feel uncomfortable or feeling like you have to prove something and it kind of goes back to I think as a kid trying to prove that I was that I was black I mean it wasn't just like it was my skin color but maybe I could be accepted to that community and stuff and then would I want to do that as an adult in my dating life and feel like I need to prove myself in some sense that like that I am black yeah when I guess culturally it doesn't seem that way and then like having a partner being like oh but why don't you like this or do this and that sort of thing and um I don't know it's a weird thing it's it's really hard to come to terms with and like sit and think about it I find that what others think influences me more than what my own mind wishes to swipe on so I don't really have a type 
but yeah. I know that other people do. So then they project their wants and desires onto my decision making, and it's just like, no, I don't want a K drama boyfriend or stuff like that. I'm I'm dating for the sake of dating. You know, sometimes it's just fun to date and. I'm not looking for a relationship, never have, and uh, for the foreseeable, foreseeable future, never will. So there is really like not that much commitment going on yet. Yeah. People are thinking I need to get a husband. That's the only reason I'm there. And I'm just like, uh, it's really not a big deal if like we go on three dates and nothing happens of it. Like, I've yeah. been a friend or like I've just had a little bit of companionship I wouldn't really say it's companionship I just say it's like a mini friendship and that's it I can move on with my life a trend I saw on TikTok because I love TikTok <laughs> we love TikTok here and we love the memes that emerge from the app that they like the trend is that they rate and I put that in quotation marks some of the strangest (laughs) or most offensive things people have said on dating apps is there one that you can recall most offensive thing it was it was a really strange thing (laughs) where it just it threw me off so much and I me and the guy immediately matched where in my bio I wrote I like having adventures like as in going for a hike in like in the peak district one day something or like going going traveling adventures i probably should have put i like traveling but adventures always sounds fun because you can do like late night adventures in the city but this guy and i swiped right and matched and he was like oh so like what's the most adventurous thing you do you like to do when having sex and i'm like i was like oh oh no 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 that's not what i meant <laughs> and he's like oh what did you mean I was like I, I meant like traveling and stuff and he's like so are you like not adventurous during sex and I'm like I'm like I don't really want to talk about this right now and he's like and he was immediately just said the most adventurous thing I've ever had was a threesome with a guy <laughs> and a girl and I was just I didn't know how to react I was like um good for you I guess I don't know why is know. it always that it's more adventurous when it's a guy and a girl and I don't know and he and he immediately made sure to be like and I'm not gay or bisexual <laughs> and I was like and I, I, I didn't know what he wanted did he want me to congratulate him and congratulations just you're secure said, in your masculinity I just said wow that's really adventurous and you sound like a teacher said, and he just said um yeah you know I did a lot of cocaine that that got me to that point he's like would you do cocaine and I said no no I I wouldn't do cocaine because I just I don't want to do it I was like I I yeah I'm not really into drugs and the whole concept of snorting something terrifies me and he's like okay so like but would you have a threesome I was like I, I, I'm not really in into this conversation right now. I don't know what you want from me. You like he came in guns blazing when I was literally just sitting in my room having a tea, and he I was just like this. Um, this was after I had I was like I ha- wasn't having sex or anything. I was like in a very I was in a, a, a rebuilding state of like this was like my first dip back into dating okay after after um some time and I was just like 
oh, I'm I'm not really comfortable with the idea of like maybe something like that right now because I'm kind of dealing with some stuff. And he is immediately like, oh, like, are you shy or something? And I was like, no, no, I'm not shy. I'm dealing with like, I process, I'm like reprocessing trauma right now. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. That sounds bad. But when I have a low libido, I do cocaine. So maybe you should try doing some cocaine. Once again, pushing the cocaine on me. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm good. And he's like, so I think he was like, so like, what are you looking for on here? And I was just like, I don't know. No I just, cocaine. I was like, not cocaine. I was just, I, I was saying, I, I don't know. I was hoping for maybe someone to kind of have a connection with or a friendship. Just Over cocaine. Kind of, yeah, just putting <laughs> myself back out there into the dating world again to like rebuild courage after a bad, exp- really bad experience. And he's just like, so you don't want to hook up, I'm getting. I'm just, no, no, I don't want to hook up. And I think afterwards, I was just like, by the way, what do you do? Like, what's your job? And he said, oh, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> A doctor recommending that I take cocaine to counteract a low libido and highly recommends using it to have enough courage to have a threesome. Thank you, sir. And yeah, we just quickly imagined, it wasn't even offensive. It was just so bizarre. And I mean, I guess it was offensive in the sense that he was kind of like overlooking me trying to be honest about trauma and being like, cocaine, (laughs) use cocaine. I can just imagine you sitting there with your cup of tea being like, no thanks I'm good I think it was one of the first few people like that I because I had just I think I downloaded tinder before covid happened it was like a a few months after like I had been assaulted and stuff and I was like you know what let's let's just try and see and I think he must have been the fifth person that I swiped right on I was just like I feel like you know we're gonna delete tinder (laughs) I just I just think dating apps have changed so much, especially over COVID. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a strange one. So it was before everything bad happened in COVID. But yeah, yeah. thankfully, I don't like it's it's weird because I don't consistently keep my dating apps on me. So and I, I probably have gotten something racially offensive. I think, like I said, the what, where are you from? What are you sort of thing? But the micro the standard microaggressions yeah the standard microaggressions you know people immediately wanting to jump dive in and talk about politics and everything but a part of me is like I'm glad I've left that out of my brain it's been it's been too long but that was that was definitely one of my stranger ones and was just so so creepy and so out there and I hope that guy really isn't a doctor like you said he is because I didn't I would not take Wait, any medical wait, advice did from him. say a medical doctor or like research doctor like PhD? he just said a doctor I think it was a medical doctor I assume like a medical doctor because I think like he looked like he had some money he, he did not look like a disheveled PhD I bet you he was like in pharmaceuticals Oh, he probably was. That's how he was getting <laughs> just, all just a guess. Damn, I can't yeah. top that. And I'm really glad I can't top that one. It's a, it's a weird one. Yeah, I remember it was one of my favorite dating stories, like Tinder stories for a while, because it was just so out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of threesomes, as you did in yours, uh, an unconventional segue, I, I, I guess I'll say. A question I often ask other friends is what they consider sexting. So 
what's your definition of sexing? Is it strictly sending sexual texts? Is it strictly nudes or is it a mixture of both? And is there a strange sexting situation you can share with us? Um, for me, I think sexting is kind of whatever is agreed upon between the two parties who are sexting. Mm-hmm. Um, before in my, I think in my more naive days when I had first started when I had first gone to university and was like first time like not being near my parents, I kind of went guns blazing like the guy with the cocaine, but like was very much into would um would initially sext and like send like nude Snapchats and stuff, which thankfully wasn't a bad situation, but I also now probably would be a lot more hesitant to do it. <laughs> it's kind of cringy looking back on. So I mean, I don't think. I think now I'm much more comfortable with just sending a text version and describing stuff than sending like, yeah, me, my current boyfriend and I, we've like made it certain, like, he's like, I feel really uncomfortable when I get nudes because my ex-girlfriend would do it when I was like with my family. So it never felt right and comfortable. He's like, also she would send them on like WhatsApp. So the pictures were always there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I was like, fair. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, and I always hated it because for me, it was like, I couldn't just send one in the moment. I had to like position myself right, you know, look really good. You need a bank of nudes on file. I think that's what people should do. If yeah, getting- like you need like a boudoir photo shoot to really, to really get yes. out there. Do so- that, save them all. And like, you know, you've got to space them out so that you can really get full use out yeah. of them. And like they're not gonna question you like hey haven't you sent me this photo before you can be like no I didn't so um no I think words are pretty good and um yeah I now I much prefer sexting through just text and stuff because it's very you can be in the moment I yeah. like you don't have to like rush up and take a photo and then like get back to bed and like text something you can just be like oh <laughs> right. all the things I want to do and it, it it's it's nice for the imagination it's fun I think more so but like I said as long as it's consensual like I wouldn't I don't think I'd ever be opposed to getting like nudes again probably but But, I'm yeah I would be a bit more hesitant I'm a lot more hesitant to send them now because like I said that was my first relationship I was I think 19 20 I was like ooh, this is so exciting like like the thing with us growing up in like as gen z and growing up in such a technologically like evolving world i don't know how to phrase it but i think nudes is just like and when you're in your first like situationship or like relationship it's kind of expected like you're just like i want to do this like this is like i've never done it but yeah kind of just that's the thing yeah, it was very much for me, like, kind of like an expectation slash I wanted to, like, what's prove hype about? that I was, like, huh? Is it what's the hype about? Yeah, it's kind of like what's, like, everyone's talking about this thing, like, you know, I should do it, I need to be a good girlfriend, and, like, constantly, like, it, it, it was such a weird thing of not really seeing myself as, like, a sexual person or a sexual being because, you know, you've been around your parents and stuff and I was like I wasn't allowed to have boyfriends in high school and everything Mm. or really um or really like kind of experienced that part of myself that I just immediately when I first got into a relationship and first started having sex I wanted to try everything 
even like, if, even if I didn't really feel fully comfortable with it, I was like, oh, but like, who knows me stupidly not knowing the next time I have be with someone who wanted to have sex with me <laughs> would be like, let me, let me try something. And so, yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting to try at the time, but like now that I'm older, I oh, would be God. a bit, yeah, it's, it's, it was a fun thing to try, but, and I'm glad I like, I guess I'm glad I like tested the waters and stuff, but right now I don't really think I would, I would do it as much as I did. If that makes sense. And the weirdest sexting thing I got, it's obviously a Tinder story because one of these not. And it was this guy who I had just, I literally had just only started messaging and he seemed really nice. We had both studied, I think, politics. And um, we, we were like vibing, we were vibing with that. We were talking about, you know, our interests, what he did for a living and stuff. And he had a tattoo. I remember him having a tattoo. And it was like of a, a rose on his on his like chest. I was like, oh my gosh, like what's the meaning behind your tattoo? Why'd you get that tattoo or something? If there is one. He's like, oh, you know, it's my grandmother's favorite flower. You know, I really like that. You know, I'm really close with her. I have such a good relationship. She's honestly a highlight in my life. She's such an amazing person. Um is this guy where I think it's kind of can I lick your nipples? And I was just like. <laughs> What? <laughs> I was like, he immediately went from that and me being like, oh, that's so sweet. She just a sex. And I had never met this guy. You know, we never like agreed to meet up or anything. He kind of just went in like that. I was like, oh, um uh, I think I something know. Freudian was going on there, except yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was just the grandmother. I was just, I was like, I don't really want to sex after you told me about your meaningful <laughs> tattoo about your grandmother. Like, that's weird. That's oh my terrible. god. And yeah, it was, it was, it was such a strange one, and um, I didn't, I did not know how to respond to it. <laughs> I think we had matched. He had matched me eventually, which was valid because I kind of just stopped responding. Because everything he would send was a sex. I was like, oh, I don't feel comfortable. But also, I, like I said, I feel like I, you don't want to, you're scared to offend someone or like say something, say no, and then they respond yes, violently or quite aggressively. So it's easier just to be nice and not respond. And hopefully they get the message than to just be like, no, I'm uncomfortable with this. Mm. Although I will say now I'm much more willing to be like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Don't do this. Yeah. And kind of just not care what the other person says because I'm like, why should I have to give myself a re? Why should I give a reason to you as to why you're making me uncomfortable when you are making me very uncomfortable? I don't understand the hype around nudes. Like the thing is, I like I love my body and I love everything there is about it, but I just don't need to capture it on camera. You know, I, I, th I think I have it easier because I am a writer so then I'm just like I can create scenarios on the spot in my head you've had experience from Wattpad fan fictions I actually don't know um, if you wrote Wattpad but I, I wasn't actually I was fanfiction.net I okay. I was in the good stuff and an archive archive of our own you know I went to the you good were you were classy Good. I was I'm elitist in my fan fiction of course okay. and <laughs> congrats good for, that's really I'm amazing. a snob and then like it's just like the guys will come up with stuff that you could tell they've just 
copied and pasted from a freaking porno <laughs> can't do and I'm yeah. just like cool but just to let you know like I did actually have to tell one of them I was like yeah like it's, it's a strange one if I wanted porn I would have gone to Pornhub yeah found that stuff like it would have been delightful and I would have gotten my jollies there but um and also I'm just like the stuff you're saying to me is stuff I would never want to be told in real life like if yeah I, look at, okay there was this video on TikTok and it made me piss myself laughing and I don't know if you've seen that like filter where there's like a mist around the person and this, I think so yeah and this girl goes uh, puts a caption she goes my feminism leaving my body when I open up that private browser <laughs> and I was just like very true, yeah. oh my god it does it does leave your body but then as soon as you like climax and then you realize what you've just watched and you're just like I'm just gonna you're just gonna leave you know and then I've like got my work from home browsers and I've got my um play from home it's just an entire thing and yeah. it's like merged into one and I don't like that I don't I'm really scared that one day I'm just gonna show up to class <laughs> I have five <laughs> different desktops open up it'll just be there so let's get on to the last question because I think we're running out of time okay I, I haven't actually been keeping track of any time but when it comes to sexual attraction there is a fine line I have to take into consideration and it's whether the person is playing to their preferences or fetishizing me have there been any moments you have been fetishized for your race and how do you think we should handle such situations um it's it's a good thing because you really hope you're not being fetishized for your race by people that you are dating Mm. and I think even if it's whether it's been intentional or unintentional, I have sometimes felt I've been fetishized when um, men like to focus on my butt and stuff. And it's like, mm, why are you focusing on that? I mean, granted, I have a great butt, but it always does feel like um, I've been sexualized. Yeah, she got that badunka dunk. <laughs> I mean, it's it does. delicious. <laughs> um, it does feel like I've I've been sexualized from a young age to a point from such a young age because of my body and stuff or also the um his, history behind black women being sexualized yeah. from a much younger age in which I've I've often felt uncomfortable in my body and felt like I was being fetishized I mean it's I think that's one of the reasons why I ended up getting a breast reduction as soon as I knew it was a thing as soon as I was able to because I was so tired of people especially like boys in my high school giving me comments about my boobs that were unwarranted unwanted and I'm automatically assuming because of the way like my body was because I couldn't change that you know I was born into this body I I mean I guess I got surgery so I did change it but at the time I was like I, I I'm not this person I I don't like you making comments about me saying like I'm I'm easy or that you know I can I'm going to do all these things to you when I'm not because you don't know me and that's not who I am at all. And you're just making this assumption based on my, my body and potentially my race and stuff. And um, in current relationships, it does feel like in some sense I have been fetishized, but I've been, I've managed to shut it down quite quickly if I notice it and stuff. Um, One of my partners wanted to, me to call him master during sex that was me like absolutely not no I was like that is terrible so bad I mean I don't think he really realized it at the time but 
I was kind of like, no, you're like you trying to be sexy, but that's kind of a race, a race, racist thing yeah, to do. Yeah, or it's just yeah. a thing to want to be. I mean, like, I know, like, maybe you're into like some form of BDSM, but one, I'm not into that. And two, the word master does have some pretty bad connotations for me. No in shit. My, like, family. <laughs> so things like that, where I've just been like, yeah, no, I, I really, I won't stand for it. Um, I think it's really hard because it's one of those things where like, when it happens, you kind of blank it out. Like yeah. I, that's my coping mechanism now where if it happens, I just, I just block it out of my mind. Cause I'm like, okay, we're just gonna not, uh, we're like, we're not going to give this subject the time of day, but yeah, I've definitely, it's one of, it's one of these things where I personally feel like I haven't been fetishized as much, or I don't really see the signs, but I have seen other people fetishizing people who are mixed race or lighter skin. And it's really, really creepy and gives me really bad vibes and makes me feel weird about myself because I know people are fetishizing like being biracial biracial people it really it really makes me like it it makes me feel uncomfortable being like biracial because it's like is this what people think of me like do people yeah fetishize me this much yeah when I'm not even aware of it when I don't like like how how often have it's one of those things where it's like how often have I been fetishized without actually being present to know what's happening or have people like made comments about me, such as, you know, just because of the way I look. And it's, it, it's uh, such a weird thing. I have it more outright in front of my face. They're very comfortable with just pointing out my Indianness when yeah. I, you know, and I've grown up with it, but it's really weird in dating spaces because it just feels, you could just feel it more poignantly. So I have one story that really just like, it still gnaws at me every time I think about it. So we're out having dinner, the usual setup, nothing amazing about this date. Out of hmm. nowhere, this guy tells me he likes Bollywood. No, wait, he loves Bollywood, okay? <laughs> and music, movies and music. So... I would like to point out he's your usual white finance frat boy because yeah. if, if I must say I have a type, it's finance frat boys. I don't know what it is. Uh, mine's but, sad, sad indie boys. Oof. Two types. <laughs> Film students, two ty- yeah. I, I do like those as well, but then they try to get very snobby with me about films. So. <laughs> but that's besides the point. So then like, we never discussed Bollywood in the app. So I was like, okay, at first my initial thought was, okay, maybe he's just really nervous and is trying to find something to talk to me about, like you with Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I mean, Alvin and the Chipmunks isn't attacking or fetishizing anyone's race. If anything, it's just exactly. it's a lighthearted children's film that copyrights and, or steals popular music. <laughs> so then... It through a voice modulator. Perfection. So I just thought it was that kind of nervousness. But then he was like really arrogant so he couldn't it couldn't have been that and then I really caught on when he goes about how interesting and exotic he finds India and my back just like straightens up even more I'm like oh no no stop talking stop talking but of course he doesn't so like I'm just slamming my drink back just to like stop my face from physically cringing and then I was just ready to leave but when he said 
I've always wanted to try an Indian girl. Oh, yeah. Like, that's I, a major what-the-fuck moment. Yeah. Like, honey, I'm not some foreign dish to try out. If you want exotic, and um, put that in quotation marks, Indian food, Dishoom is just a couple minutes walk from here. Yeah, go for like, that. Like, go over there. Like, you can try it out over there. And so, like, I don't understand why I'm some tasty dish. Like, I'm not sitting here talking about you like your vanilla ice cream, except you are, because that's the most <laughs> boring flavor ever. Like, hey, vanilla's good. I I stand by vanilla. Okay, there are only certain vanillas I like. I have very specific taste when it comes to vanilla, and we can talk about this in private because it could. Oh, are we like, not talking bizarre. about the ice cream anymore? I was just talking about the ice cream. <laughs> oh no 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 oh no 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 no. We were still talking about ice cream, but like we cannot talk oh. about ice cream. Okay, but <laughs> let's not let's not get into um how much the I like ranking of vanilla yeah the only way I have ever been able to handle this situation is just that to make a snide remark about how like hi we're not at a buffet and I'm yeah Indian dish we're, like finally getting to but um that and I also make sure I'm not paying for shit because I have just had to put up with that bullshit that came my way so I don't have to pay for dinner that or lunch that's a really smart thing yeah like Um, that's called financial literacy right there and also if I'm ever out with a financial frat boy I always without fail if I want to be out of the date I will always ask them two questions one of two the first one is I don't understand inflation. Why can't we just print out more money? <laughs> I think like that one gives them an aneurysm. The second one is, so what is the stock market? Like it's, it's just something, right? That one gives them a full on seizure because obviously they're trading, trying to become the next Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, And then they're so put off. They just want to be out of it too. And I'm like, Thank God, because you said five racist things just now. So I got I yeah. kind of want to leave too. It's funny that you're allowed to say racist things, but you're not allowed to be annoying about the stock market or legitimately ask what is the stock market. No, yeah. The thing is he knew I was a German historian as well when I, uh, when I asked about inflation. Obviously. <laughs> when, obviously you know what happened. I know what happened. But, but like, oh my god, you're a German historian and you don't know this. <laughs> paying attention like, oh no you know just just play them yeah I get it and I think the reason why unfortunately people are more willing to fetishize you and stuff is because I think it is more of a cultural thing like personally being an American is not that exotic or groundbreaking, even though you're British and you are from West London. I think it's the fact that your background is being Indian that people think that's an exciting thing to try, unfortunately, yeah. and and that there's something groundbreaking about it. I think at the end of the day, I mean, sure, my my race is a porn category. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But that's my biggest fear because I'm just like, just because I'm brown. And I have here yeah. does not mean I'm Mia Khalifa. There's people like that who make it seem like I think, or just any other race and culture is immediately willing to be desirable or fetishized or kind of just made into a sex object in the way where I, f- I don't know. It's strange because I'm American and stuff. I don't think I get it as much. And I also just think because 
really, it's just being biracial. It's, there's a certain whiteness to me still. And I think because I, I seem white that I don't, that people just get confused and they don't see me as like an exotic thing to try to just like, Oh, it's just, she's just white underneath. I guess. I don't know. She's like, Oh, there's not really anything to, to really be creepy about. I mean, not saying I don't, I do, but I think the reason why it's not so outright is because most of the time people are confused about me as, as to what race I am or as to where I'm from. So okay I think we've run out of time so do you have any final thoughts on this um higher realm I know it's a very broad topic that we a broad topic um yo peeps don't know why I started with that but I'm gonna keep rolling with it we're talking to the marshmallows I understand yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um don't feel bothered by your preferences on dating apps if you tend to go to one thing unless unless you are going after them because of certain looks or because they are that race don't do that in fact I think people should be just make sure that when you're swiping on someone you're asking yourself why are you swiping on them especially if they are of a different race I don't know. Now this sounds bad. Maybe I should research. That was beautifully put. Preferences, <laughs> I want fetishes. All like I'm not. I don't. Yeah. Just I think everyone should be more aware of whether or not they are fetishizing someone. It's it's the and, same. Think before you swipe. And, That's yeah. the motto. Yeah, and you know what? If you ever come across someone and you're curious about where they're from, don't ask them outright unless you um in some weird creepy way or don't try and question them about it when they tell you where you're from, where they're from and that's that's the end of the statement they told you where you're from so just for everyone dating's weird and odd and strange and it is a minefield of heartbreaks and good times and bad times don't make it worse by being a fetishizing dick exactly Both everyone <laughs> everyone involved just show show love but not in a creepy way i like that do you want to plug any of your socials your instagram your twitter your linkedin your website (laughs) give give it all to us honey um i don't have anything worth plugging on my linkedin i I feel bad that i don't (laughs) um my instagram because i do some photography trying to do some Wes Anderson like cemetery up there but um I'll put my Instagram because that's the thing I'm most active on so if anyone wants to hit me up for more to criticize me for anything I've said to yell at me to no don't do that we're support we're showing support love critique and having intellectual discussions okay if anyone wants to have any more intellectual discussions with me or just wants to check out my Instagram feed my photography um, my handle is half black keys. So half H A L F black as in the color black and then keys K E Y S. I made that, that Instagram handle when I was 17 and really loved the black keys. And I haven't changed it since because why change something that was so good the first time you made it? I honestly thought that was a 17-year-old decision when I saw your handle for the first time. <laughs> Listen here, <laughs> I might change it, but I haven't thought of anything worth changing it to. 
I, I can't come up with anything. My handle has been the one I've had since I was like 13 years old. Yeah, I didn't want to just do my name. That's mainly because there are a lot of gem The remaining part of my last name, A and D H U, is all underscore. I think that's pretty creative. That's pretty good. It's not really. I was just trying to make sure no family could find me. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. No, my family found me. I, I might change my Instagram handle. I was just thinking about that today when I was. No, it's an iconic like, handle. It's an iconic handle. You're like, you should make a plug. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm making a plug to instagram handle that i've had for years and have never changed and feels like it's outgrown me because i don't even listen to the black keys anymore wow i don't know about your handle but i will <laughs> want to th- i do want to thank you for coming on so thank you so much no thank you for having me it was a good time thank you. and if i ever make a podcast you'll be on mine if that ever happens we'll talking about foot fetishes in tarantino films I honestly feel like I really need to make that a thing now. <laughs> it has to be a thing. Yeah. It has to be. Okay, that's it for us, folks. And we are off broadcast. Ooh, awesome. If you want to keep up to date with all things Asianish, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Vinny underscore underscore Sandu or on Twitter at VKS followed by five underscores. That's a wrap on today's show. I will see you all next week with another wonderful guest. I wonder who it could be. Until then.